for another fantastic evening of the Go Deep Podcast. It is I, your wary New York Jets fan and host, Eric Ramirez. You can find me on all my social medias at the handle, at the Eric Ramirez. I said at a lot there. Someone who's probably not going to say at as much as me, our uh, Kung Fu leftist over here, AJ. Yeah, hi, AJ. Coming to you from uh, Shady Grove, Maryland. Uh, you can find me on socials at Dunedin Jets, uh, and I am your uh, resident Washington Sports fan in general, with the sole exception of my beloved Baltimore Orioles. I'm going to toss it over to the man with the beard. Hey, guys. This is Lauren at you. This is Lauren coming at you from uh, Montgomery Village, Maryland. You can find me on social media on Twitter at the underscore heap 21. I'm a Washington football team fan, Wizards fan, anything D.C. sports related. Uh, but let's dive into it, Eric. Let's get the ball rolling. We shall do that. Get the ball rolling. Um, first, first thing I want to touch on. It's one of those sports that here in the United States we don't get a mon- they don't get a lot of love for. Um, I know the women's national soccer team does get a good amount of love because they're absolutely phenomenal. Um, probably the best women's soccer team in the in the uh, in the world. Um, but one that's not so not the best, but they are pretty good. Um, in their own right, are the U.S. men's uh, national soccer team, or is the U.S. men's national soccer team, who uh, they're they're gearing up right now for a uh, a trio of just international friendlies, um, basically tuning up the roster, checking out who they have available uh, for them heading into next um, the next leg of World Cup qualifiers. Um, so I just want to give everybody a quick update. Um, one of our young uh, upcoming superstars, Giovanni Reyes, who had a, um, older brother who played or Giovanni Reyna, whose older brother actually plays, uh, for El Salvador because he didn't make the U S team. Uh, Reyna actually hurt his hamstring playing against El Salvador like a month back or so. Um, he won't be playing in this uh, round of international friendlies, meaning that they'll be resting him. Um, so you can play for Dortmund, Borussia, who's um, one of the top teams in the German soccer league. Um, but then also, will he'll be healthy by the time World Cup qualifiers come around, which is uh, sometime in March or April, if I'm not mistaken. Um, as usual, the guy that we roasted a while back for his COVID positive shenanigans, where he's just fucking people in hotel rooms and contracting COVID, uh, McKenney. He's been playing outstanding. However, Serginho Dest, who is another U.S. soccer player playing overseas in Barcelona, looks to be on his way out after some bad form and just not fitting in the mold in Barcelona. Um, all three of those guys that I just mentioned will be playing for the U.S. men's national soccer team in the World Cup come around that time. But we have three games coming up for all of us to watch for fun. Um, El Salvador will be visiting the U.S. and playing in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, good luck, El Salvador. I love I love my team, but um, we, we tend to get crushed by U.S. all the time. Um, well, then the U.S. men's soccer team will then go to Ohio or not Ohio. Sorry, they'll be going to Canada to play in, <laughs> in Ontario uh, against Canada on the 30th of this month. We play El Salvador at home on the 27th. And then in February on the 2nd, which is the same day the Washington football team gets a new name, we'll be hosting Honduras in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um <clears throat> So just real quick before we move away from soccer, because it's like I said, it's one of those games that you don't have a lot of you know thought or memory towards. But um, I'm gonna kick it over to you guys. Any any particular memories that you have in U.S. soccer, men's or women, that you like that just always sticks in in your mind in the back of your mind, AJ? I mean, uh, I remember when Mia Hamm was like going crazy uh, in the '90s and uh, in the early 2000s. Man, I, I used to love watching the women's soccer because. 
you know, here in the United States, we don't get that many. We didn't get like, we didn't, unless you had special like satellite packages, you couldn't, you can't watch uh, international soccer uh, being played and everything. So it was always yeah. a treat when the Olympics would come around and the women would go out there and kick ass. So uh, I do remember that. Bro, me and Ham was wild. <laughs> Lauren? Yeah, I was going to say the, the, my, my first real taste of like uh, soccer at that level was the World Cup. Um, and I'm trying to remember which which year it was, but it's the year Landon Donovan hit like a sideways goal, and like he was coming in from the side, and I just couldn't believe he scored on with that goal. That was probably my real first taste. After that, I watched the World Cup. I can't remember what year that was. I was in high school, I still I think, but uh, after that, I've I've loved uh, the World Cup. I love World Cup soccer and watched every single one of them, every single one since. And uh, that was my real taste, and that's kind of what that's kind of what sparked the interest a little bit and got the ball rolling was that kind of that goal, and then. I think we played, if I remember correctly, maybe it was this year, maybe it wasn't. We played Ghana in the first round, I want to say, and lost like one to zero, two to zero. But, you know, we made it to the round of 16, which was like a big deal because my dad grew up in England. So, or my dad grew up in South America, but he was originally from England. So, soccer to him was kind of a, you know, he knew more about it than I did, which was, which I thought was interesting. So, you know, him telling me this is a big deal and things like that. And um, it was, that was kind of my real big, that was kind of my real uh, moment of like liking soccer in the United States. Yeah, I think you're talking about he scored that goal in the um, where when there was it was uh, hosted by South Africa. So I think if I'm, that was 2010, yeah. 2010, yeah, I knew it was in I yeah. knew it was in high school. I, the Vuvuzelas, I yeah, 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 that's right. I remember those. Yeah, yeah, I remember those taking over the news. But yeah, that that goal was just wild. Being in there in the living room and everybody, all my whole family yelling and screaming at the TV when he scored yeah. and high fiving each other and going crazy. You know that was fun. Yeah, that was man. Let me. Landon Donovan's got to be one of those. Um, like he's one of the legends um, who played for the U.S. men's national soccer team. Um, God, Eddie Jackson's another one that pops into my mind. Um, uh, I, I can't really think of any other ones immediately. Um, Who's that redhead guy that does a lot of the announcing now? Um... Oh shoot! Who am I? I'm not going to say his name either. I could see his face, but he like doesn't. If, we if we if we were playing Jeopardy, you you'd ring in there and just have to guess, and I would just be silent the whole time. Clint Dempsey's another one. Clint Dempsey's one. Tim Howard, or the goalie, right? Tim Howard. Oh, Tim Howard. Oh, yeah. he's going to be Howard. a legend forever. Michael Bradley yeah. too. Is I, I didn't. One. I didn't realize how good Tim Howard was till till way later in my life. Um, when my dad was like, "That's you know that goalie's insane. Like that's a premier goal." I didn't understand the level of like Premier League versus MLS players we mm-hmm. had, and like where oh, Tim man. Howard played, and like you know his level of play, and so like. You know, just it's just funny me looking back on it and, and talking to my my roommate about it, who's a big soccer fan as well. So we gotta we gotta enjoy the legends that we get here in the U.S. in soccer while we can. Like, I mean, the women's like you guys said, I mean, Mia Hamm's legendary, Megan Rapino, um, Alex Morgan, they're all gonna go down in legend. But the guys, we we gotta we gotta stick we gotta stick to those guns. <laughs> but um. <clears throat> But yeah, just yeah, uh, just for us to keep an eye out as World Cup is happening this year, later in the year, uh, I believe July sometime it all kicks off. So that's always a good time. And we here at the Go Deep Podcast will be bringing you updates on those as we get them too. But um, yeah, just something to keep in mind. Now the other sport. Oh, that, oh time uh, out, time out, time oh, out. What's up, what's up, what's I got to inter- interject here. We didn't talk about putting this in here, but we do need to clown some international play. Uh, 
Oh. Uh, no, Novak Djokovic, uh, nine-time oh winner of God. Grand Slam winner of the Australian Open, uh, got this. deported this week for not getting vaccinated. Good. <laughs> Good. Out here, out here acting a fool. It's amazing. It's amazing he doesn't get the star treatment. You know, kind of like you know Aaron Rodgers kind of slipped around it all and stuff, and you know he actually got deported because you know he wouldn't get vaccinated, which is just wild. Well, that's the thing, though. It's like he did try. They at first they tried to give him the star treatment. Like they they were like, "Oh yeah, here's a waiver for you. You don't have to get vaccinated or whatever." And uh, they, then they were gonna let him play and let him be in the country. And like people were like, "You know, we can see you, right?" And it came out that like he wasn't vaccinated, and the uh, like the whole press like blew up because in Australia they have like way stricter uh, like lockdown guidelines and everything. So yeah. like people are not able to like get around being vaccinated. Like they he's are just, here, he's so just out like, here raw dogging it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so then, then he got locked up in one of their like, like hotel prisons, which they, which they have there to like, because like they have super draconian like immigration laws, they're like super racist, and uh, that's what they do with all their the immigrants that they get is like they lock them in these like kind of prison hotel things, and uh, and so he was locked in there for like a week while they tried to figure it out with the courts. See, and I didn't finally, know. Go ahead. Yeah. Then finally, he got deported uh, a few days ago, and he's like, he had to go home. <laughs> he had to go back to Serbia. I mean, you know, he's he's not hurting or anything like that for money. So it's you know, it's easy for him. He can just chill on a boat somewhere and hang out for the rest for the you know till the till the days end. But it's just hilarious. See, I didn't know he got the star treatment until he didn't until he got caught. Mm-hmm. So like people were just like, uh, "Excuse me, sir, <laughs> uh, we're not doing this." In the words of the uh, the TikToker, the press Cowboys fan. He got the star treatment out of the country. <laughs> freaking idiot, man. I yeah, saw that man. whole debacle going down and I was like, just, okay. He fucked up. Like I understood that they, they, they wanted to give him the waiver to, to continue trying to play in the tournament. And he's just out here all willy nilly in the public. And it's like, yo, my guy, like we're trying to work with you here. And then it looks <laughs> like. Game. And then it looked like the other news that like it's not clear because the courts like he got deported. He basically was just like, okay, fine, I'll just get deported. Uh, it seems like he lied on his visa on the form, like on the visa form. Right. So like he lied in court about that as well. So like he just he just like shows up and like breaks like fifteen laws and then he has to go home. That's <laughs> like, <a> deal. <laughs> don't worry about me, guys. I'm just out here trying to cause a fucking outbreak in your country that you've done so well to protect yeah exactly <laughs> what, what a clown what a clown you're you deserve to lose your record for being a dumbass i yep not not entirely he i don't feel bad like, for him at all i think he won nine straight australian opens yeah like, his, like yeah. This was yeah supposed to be his time nine sounds right yeah yeah it was supposed to be another one where nope nope oh man oh i don't they, it, to me, what really blows me about that whole fact is that like they literally tried to work with him. Um, they were willing to bend the rules a little bit, and then he just took it all and just kept running with it. And then he <laughs> turns around and it's like he's like that cat that knocks over the the like the cookie jar and like all the milk. And you're like, oh my god, I left that out there for you to nibble on, and you spilled it everywhere. And the cat's like, I didn't do that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyways, we're not gonna dwell on him too much. Just. Novak, you're a clown, and we're going to clown you. You're a clown. Now, someone who is a clown, but who we do not like to clown on too much and who we love very dearly is our good old Kyle Kuzma. And if I'm not <laughs> mistaken, he is on an absolute tear. 
Um, so I'm going to kick it over to you, AJ and Lauren to kind of fill us in on what's going on. I know he's been leading like in a couple stats and whatnot, um, like double doubles or something. Uh, what, how, how are the wizards doing right now after post halfway mark? Yeah. So, um, uh, last night the wizards were able to, um, put on a pretty impressive performance, probably one of the most impressive performances of the entire year, actually, um, in defeating the, um, Philadelphia 76ers, uh, Kyle Kuzma, I, I think ended the night with 15 points and 16 rebounds for his 18th double double of the season. That's more double doubles than, uh, quite a bit of the rest of the league. So, uh, the kid is on a tear. Um, and last night he put, uh, Joel Embiid on an absolute poster, uh, driving from the top of the key straight to the, straight to the basket and right over Joel Embiid. Uh, afterwards, uh, it was funny. Joel Embiid, uh, joked, uh, joked him and said, if you do that again, I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> And Kyle was pretty, Kyle was pretty uh, humble about it at the press conference afterwards. But, but yeah, the kids on a tear, and it's interesting. Another interesting detail: uh, Wes Unsell Jr., the Wizards head coach, um, went down with uh, because of COVID protocols. It seems like he tested positive. He's going to be out for a little while. Uh, about one game after that, a few days later, the Wizards' second like assistant coach was, also came down with uh, had to be isolated because of COVID protocols. Uh, and so we had like some random coach basically coaching us. Uh, this guy, I, I can't remember his name, but he's a former Harlem Globetrotter. He got his first dub of the season against the, against the 76ers as a head coach. Uh, so that was, Let's that go. was cool too. Uh, emerging stories, right. The, the media tried to gin up a story about how Denny Abdia didn't get any minutes, uh, yesterday and like, Oh, is he being benched or whatever? Uh, or is, are they getting ready to trade him or something? It's like, Nah, the coach was just like, we're winning, and he's not on the floor, so we're just going to leave him off the floor. That's that's all it was, uh, in my opinion. I don't think the Wizards are going to move um, Denny. Uh, he's still on his rookie contract. and uh, I mean, he might be valuable enough to snag something, but I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, I don't, I don't think – I think he's part of the team's long-term plan, so I don't think he's going anywhere unless we were truly to get some sort of superstar. Um, but, um, but, yeah, that's that's something that was going on in the news. Um, and then uh, the other story that uh, I thought was uh, pretty was made further clarified yesterday was like Corey Kispert uh, that we drafted is is like this year uh, is the kids the kids good stuff I mean he's he's I think he's shooting fifty percent from from two point range and forty from three over the course of the last uh, eight or nine games uh, so he's he's turning into uh, a piece that really uh, contributes every every night so that's been exciting to watch. Uh, Lauren, I hope I didn't I didn't steal all your thunder. Did you? Uh, do you have anything to add? Yeah, no. The head coach's name is Joseph Blair. So for those Thank keeping you. count, he's our third head coach in the span of like a week as of right now. <laughs> and then we um, in the Eastern Conference, we're right now sitting at eight, at twenty three and twenty one. Uh, but you can, but I mean, we're only out of uh, we're only out of fifth place by uh, four games. You know, we're we're only you know it's we're actually only out of um, first place by five games. So you know. Nothing's too far out of reach. We're still we're still coasting to the All Star break here. We just didn't want to go. You want to be above five hundred going to the All Star break. No, I think you summed it up right. Just a short. Kyle Kuzma was playing on an absolute tear. We got him on a great deal. Um, right now, and the rumor mills um, floating around right now uh, before the trade deadline are is that I just saw one before the podcast started, but it could just be all smoke and mirrors. Some guy trying to brag is that um, the rumor mill is that Denny is up for trade to go to 76ers or the Pacers, but it's just smoke right now. Nothing official. That's just so it could just be garbage. It could be nonsense, but um, there's, there's a uh, two trades that are, there's two guys out there that people want really bad. Jeremiah Grant off the 76ers. And um, I believe he's on the 76ers right now. And um, the Indiana no, Pacers the are blowing up. Oh, he's, he's on the Knicks. Okay. Yeah. 
And then um, the Indiana Pacers are blowing up their team, and they have two superstars as well. So the rumor mill is that there might be some trade with Montrez Harrell because he's on an expiring contract and going to be a free agent next year and demand money. We might trade him and package him with somebody else. In my personal opinion, we need to package him with Dalvis Breton and ship that contract out of our payroll and get bring in maybe a Jeremiah Grant or or some some other sort of star, kind of mini star, and help him help them get rolled. But yeah, that's about it. We're 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 doing okay. Go ahead. I messed I messed that up. It is he plays for the Pistons. He plays Jeremy for Grant the Pistons. Does. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's riding away on the Pistons. So yep, that's right. Um, he's and and he's a he has all star talent. <laughs> yeah, it's very depressing. He has all star talent and all star capability, and so do the like I said. Any of Pacers have two guys that are all stars too, and um, Demonis Sabonis, and um, I'm trying to remember their, their point guard's name. So um, I can't remember his name either. I think it's I know Karis, you're talking about though. Karis Levert or um, yeah, it's is it Levert? Yeah, I think it is. I think it so, is Levert. Yeah. Um and and so. They're they're blow. They they said they're open for trades. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. That that'll be fun. That'll be a fun topic to talk about going forward. The NBA trade de- trade deadline is one of my favorite times of the year, where you turn on your Woj notifications and see every all these pieces getting moved. So, um, but yeah, you know we're doing okay. Looking forward to it. You know, around we we want to improve. You know, the fact that we started our third head coach and we managed to get a win against one of the better teams is a is a good thing. But, um, all things being considered, the uh we're just kind of need to need to be above five hundred going into the All Star break here in a few weeks. Yeah, you know the you don't I don't I don't think I've ever understood NBA trade rules. And the trade deadline can be really exciting because like you'll have a bunch of like random third party teams involved. Like mm-hmm. oh yeah, the three the like, three tree team three yeah, it's teams. like man, always three or four teams involved in the trade somehow. And like they're like oh yeah, I'll send a six round pick to like to like Miami, and Miami will send us uh, cash you know, considerations. Ca- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then like they, in order to trade. Oh, our player to the to the Mavericks and it's like what how that how does this work out I don't yeah understand exactly it. like we're gonna trade we're gonna give you we're gonna give like we're we're trading like we're trading with the Lakers so we get like LeBron James and you get like Bradley Beal but also like the <laughs> Indiana Pacers get our 2022nd round pick and it's just yeah. like what how, how does it make like our 2024 second round pick and you're like how are they involved like this makes no sense uh, when yeah. is the deadline by the way uh that's a good question I don't know but I know it's coming up um I think okay. it's right around it's right around the All Star break uh, because yep. one time Thursday, DeMarcus, February tenth yeah it's right out yeah that's right around the All Star break because one time Demarcus Cousins got traded during the All Star game and had to like <laughs> sit on a plane and fly to like I think he went fly flew to New Orleans so well in wait when do we find out who's in the All Star game. Because don't they make like a big deal out of that? So too? the All Star game is February twentieth, but yeah, you'll we'll find out. Uh, uh, let me see here. I don't know when we find out. To be honest with you, Dude, how does how is the voting yeah. for that even done? Because like I know with the NBA, it's all like a sham, and everybody's just a popularity contest. Is, is it kind of the same thing? For if the I NBA? remember, if I remember the NBA correctly, part of part of the uh, part of the lineup is done by the fans, and part of it is done by the players, okay, and the coaches and stuff. Well, at least there's some there's some uh, some actual knowledge being taken as a consideration with those. Yeah, <laughs> Pro Bowl yeah, is all just people. Just it's, not, it's not just a popularity contest. Yeah, it's just a little bit more to yes. it. So, anyways, but yeah, we're we're looking okay. You know, I've got us big in the playoffs still this year. Um, so we just need to get when you get all we just need to get healthy, get all our pieces back, and we'll be rolling. I think Thomas seeing that... Thomas Bryant play, and please be sorry to me, cut you off. Thomas Bryant coming back has been a great plus. So is Rui. They're both back, and they Thomas yesterday was having a game. Just you could just tell he was having so much fun out there, and the energy he brings. So that obviously makes Montrez a 
a better, a more consideration for a trade piece because he's going to get the contract we have. Thomas on is more friendly than what Montrez is going to need in here coming up as a free agency. As much as you'd want to keep him around, but what are we going to say, Jed? I didn't mean, to cut you off. I was just going to say that uh, this is like the first game since, like, it's the first game in the entire season that where we actually had our entire team on the floor. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. Thomas no Bryant came back, no was out. back. Yeah, yeah, like it was. And um, I wonder if. You know, I wonder if that's sitting here thinking about that. That's another reason why Denny didn't get on the floor too much either. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe there are guys in his spot, kind of in his road, really in his rotation. Kyle, maybe taking minute, taking a few minutes from. Him. But it was just good. It, to me, it's just refreshing to see us draft a young rookie and him play and be make a contribute. You know, like contribute to the team. And so, like that's what and that's what Corey's been doing. So that was fun. Like he had a fun inbound play the other night with great pa- yesterday with great passing and things like that. So it's just fun to see. It's fun. To, it's fun to watch this team right now. And hopefully, we're on the rise and get hot here, going into the All Star break and win a couple games. Yeah, yeah, and Mark, you kind of. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was Lisa. just gonna say, in my opinion, I think Tommy should try and ship Kent, uh, KCP out of here. He's the guy I'm kind of low on from that trio that came to us from the Lakers. I would, I would package him with somebody and get and and you know try and get some get a valuable piece before the trade deadline. But that's just me. Well, it, it, so um, sorry. I want to I want to reel back around to uh, what Lauren had mentioned real quick with the young guys and whatnot. Rui having Rui back, um, he officially played in the game finally. How, I mean. I know it's going to take a little while for him to like get acclimated again to game speed and whatnot. But how anything promising for Murray, or does he seem to to have like taking a step back, or is he kind of where you want him to be? Or I'd say he's where you, I'd say he's uh, kind of right where you want him to be. Actually, last night he had a, a eleven points and he had five five defensive rebounds. So I mean, and he's played he's pretty playing pretty well defense. He had a steal. Um, you know, he's, he's had active hands. He seems like he knows it was kind of what I alluded to earlier with Kispert and Denny being on the floor and Denny looking way more comfortable than he did last year. Um, whatever the, the coach whisperer that, um, Wes Unsell Jr. is, he seems he's talking to Roy and, and, and Roy just looks, uh, he looks better out there. He looks more comfortable. He, he looks a little bit more aggressive and more assertive. He's, he looks active on defense. So it's kind of where you want him. You'll, we'll probably see an uptick in his minutes. He played 16 minutes last night, but we'll probably see a little bit of an uptick more, um, as the, as the game goes on. So, or as the season wears on just to kind of get him back into playing shape, I bet he gets more minutes, but with Kyle Kuzma playing as well as he is, um, and and uh, being able to 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 dominate the way he has, we probably probably he's going to be a nice little compliment to get Kyle some rest during the during the rest of this as the season goes on during games. But yeah, I don't know. I'll, if I'll say two. I'll say two things about Roy. Uh, I love he got stronger in the off season and he's acting like it. Like he's actually going up for dunks. We, me and Lawrence yelled at the TV last year where when Roy was like. <laughs> He's like driving or something. He'll go up. He'll go up soft and like try and get a layup and get, and blocked. get blocked or something like that. And it's like, bro, if you just threw that down, that's that's those are points and probably a foul. Right. And sure enough, sure enough, yesterday I saw him drive to the drive the hoop from the wing, and where before he would have tried to shoot over top of the other guy, he just tried to stuff it down the other guy's throat, picked a foul, and then you know shot. You know he, he goes to the line for two. And then the other thing I'll there say about go. him is his mid range game actually improved from last year. He is automatic from the elbow, man. He does not miss from that stripe. And it, it's especially advantageous if teams try and play uh, a 2-3 or a 3-2. The way to uh, bust that is have some guy uh, from the wing flash over to the um, to the, to the the stripe. And, uh, you know, he does that. He, he flashes over. He fakes a pass. He's got a wide open shot, and he's he's hitting it every single time. Uh, and that, that puts teams out of their comfort zone defensively. They have to, they have to then – decide you know I, I, we can't do this we have to guard this guy here uh, at the elbow so 
uh, it's great. Uh, it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm super happy he's back. Well, so, so it seems like that time off that he took uh, from the team has actually kind of been beneficial for him too. Another Maybe. off season under his belt. You never know. There we go. That's good news. Um, good news as we head towards the all-star season or all-star break here for the NBA. Um, and as they head towards that break, the NFL is preparing to come to a conclusion. Uh, playoffs happened this week in the first first leg of the playoffs. Um, just to give everybody a quick roundup of the games from this weekend. Um, let's see, on Saturday you had the the Bengals absolutely manhandle the Raiders. Um, as like I said, my man Joe Burrow out here handling business. Um, the Chiefs handled the Steelers pretty easily. Um, it was, I mean, I thought I thought the Steelers showed a little bit more than Ben Roethlisberger was even expecting in his pregame interviews and whatnot. Um, and then what was the other game for that day? Was it was it the? No, no. Bills Sunday Pats. had the th- Saturday's th- games were the Bengals and Bengals Raiders and, first, and then the Bills Pats. Oh, yeah, the Bills beat the Pat, uh, the Patriots. Mac Jones, you can suck my dick. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> suck my dick. Um, he didn't even he play. Actually, he played pretty well for his part. Fuck him. <laughs> he couldn't leave. He couldn't leave a game-winning touchdown drive. Okay, AJ, so you can suck on my dick. Hey, that was the first. Hey, speaking of that Pat's Bills game, that was the first what perfect game. That's what I was reading online where the Buffalo Bills didn't punt, didn't kick a field goal, didn't throw an interception, didn't fumble the ball, never took a kneel down or anything like that. They scored a touchdown every single time their offense touched the ball. Is that's what I problem. what I was reading the other day. Like it's like the first time in NFL history that's ever happened. Every single time their offense got the ball in its hands, they went and scored a touchdown. Jeez, that's impressive as hell. Yeah, so that was like the I first mean, time in history. So yeah, they if you would have bet that that Josh Allen. So I love player props. I was telling Eric this before the podcast. I made some money on the Raiders Bengals player props game and uh, player prop. And if you would bet that Josh Allen would have thrown for five touchdowns and you put like a hundred dollar bet down, you'd have cleared like a thousand bucks or more. Jeez. Like if you, if you'd have seen that coming, you probably would have cleared a lot of money. Cause it's those odds are, those odds are high that he throws for five. So like you probably on certain sites, you probably could have cleared a couple grand if you put a hundred, just a hundred dollars down. So, but yeah, five touchdowns is nuts. So move the, the, the next, the next round is going to be real interesting. I'm excited for the next round. Honestly, I think, the the next round of games are going to be more fun to watch than this this week's games, but um, we we'll get into the, that. Oh, we didn't address the uh, the Eagles or the uh, the Eagles completely did not show up for that Bucks game uh, yeah. against the Bucks, so yeah. that was a complete blowout. And then the we misspoke on that game. Well, I misspoke on that game, trying to say that that might have been a, a surprise an upset. Game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, didn't the forty nine ers jumped on the Cowboys like we yeah. thought they would. We called that one, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah we, we did. did. Yeah, <laughs> we did. As much as the 49ers tried to give it away late. The 49ers I tried to give that game <laughs> they up. really did, man. But no, don't dude, worry. The Cowboys choked hard. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Bro. As they do. So here's the thing, right? So here's what I was thinking about. Mike McCarthy was like that 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 QB draw was designed. Now, if you go back and you watch it, it's like second and one, or like like an, like there's like an inch, right? It's like second and inches. So my only theory is. If it was designed, was he supposed to just sprint for the first down, kneel down, then like sprint for two yards, kneel down, hand the ball, like, or was he supposed to like take as many yards as he could? The you know what I mean? Make, like, the call just doesn't make any sense. It man. doesn't make it's any Mike sense Mc, to it's me. A Mike McCarthy coach football team, and he's an idiot. 
I'm convinced. No, I'm I'm convinced he took that play specifically uh, from the film he watched of the 2019 season, and he took that from Jason Garrett's playbook. I'm pretty sure. Really? <laughs> yeah, from the how, film to, how he... to choke in playoff games. That, that, yeah, that playbook. Like... <laughs> that film like, session. Right. The the film that he didn't watch in the that the he film, said oh, he yeah, did. The film that he didn't watch. That's hilarious. They call timeout. Dak comes to the sideline. Mike McCarthy just throws a tic-tac in his throat. (laughs) (laughs) All right, get out there and choke. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why you call that. I I don't understand. And what's funny is the the radio guys here were ripping him a new one, saying how that, like, when you're taught in, like, uh, peewee football is the referee has to touch the ball before you can set it. Like, everybody knows that's rules. So, like, you don't hand it to your center. You hand it to the ref. And then you pick the ref up and you run him up there and you set him down. You know, like you push the ref from behind to get him up there as fast as possible so he sets the ball. But, yeah, it's just ridiculous that they called that. And then um, the Monday night game, shout out to my Rams. Still yeah. still staying undefeated on that yep. one. Call, we got I got that one right. So I got dethroned on that one. Yep. <laughs> that was a hell of a game by the Rams. It was, game. it was, man, they came out sharp. They came out ready to play, and that defense yeah. looked nasty. I'm interested to see. I don't know if we could lead this into the pro in the next week, but I'm interested to see that D line against Tom. You know, Tom's kryptonite is he gets put on yep. his butt, and then you got Von Miller yep. and Aaron Donald coming at him with Jalen Ramsey locking game. down Mike Evans. What? And Jalen Ramsey likes physical, big physical receivers. He does better against those guys. So yep. I, might hey, just, and those... I might just ride my Rams here. I'm going to say right now, if, if, if you're looking for a random player prop bet, I might even bet on Taylor Rapp, who's, who they're probably going to ask to try and cover Gronk. I might bet on Taylor Rapp getting a pick against against. Gronk. Really? Yep. Mm. yep. That'd be interesting. It's not a, bet. I don't know a smart bet, that. actually. I could, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. I don't know if That's you can do bet, that. Actually. But, uh, and then shout out to our boy, our home guy, Funk. Uh, I think Jake Funk is his name. Yeah, Jake yep. Funk got Jake a carry. Got a five-yard Play-out carry. boy. Yep. yep. Good he old, had a he had a five yard carry, then a three yard loss because the O line just kind of gave up on the play, <laughs> and he got blown up in the backfield. That's not his fault. Not blaming you, Jake, but you know he had that big carry on a third and twenty two. <laughs> hey, we'll we'll awesome. take it where we can get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll take shout it. out to him. Shout out to <laughs> shout out to my Rams. They're riding high. Maybe uh, I might uh I might throw a little cash their way against these Buccaneers because they're dogs. But there you go. Oh, another another update too. There was a, a scary moment in the Cardinals Rams game where Buda Baker went in to make a tackle. Um, he had to get stretchered off the field. The update this morning was that he stayed overnight in the hospital, cleared all the tests, um, everything came back positive, and he flew out to be with the team in Arizona um, this morning. So, shout out Buda Baker. Glad to see that he is healthy and okay and able, you know, to walk out of there. The- Hate to see the big dog go down like that, you know. Especially yeah, scary bro. too was like, yeah, he was out, out. No, he like, got knocked out. He got moving. knocked unconscious. He was, he was, yeah. yeah, he was stuck, bro. He was just like, yeah. Uh, you can, uh, you can always tell was... when players get knocked unconscious because if they're carrying the ball, they immediately drop it because they lose mm-hmm. all function of their arms. And then, and mm-hmm. then on defense, they just go, they go stiff and they hit the ground. And yeah, he got knocked out. He got, you could tell the minute he got hit and his body just went stiff, you know, because when they when they when they lean into the player and they hit him and then they get knocked out, they stay straight like they don't. Yeah. It's like they don't like curl like you do. You you stay and then you stiffen up. So, yeah, hopefully yeah, it's good to hear that he's fine. He's I watched his um video he posted on uh, Instagram saying that he yeah, feels good. Great. He's gonna make a full recovery and he's just ready to go home and get back to Arizona. So love to hear it's, it. It's good. It's good. It's good stuff. So this that that's actually a good transition point for something that I wanted to bring up because so there was a um 
he's like a second or third year guy um was drafted by the by the seattle seahawks then was moved over to cleveland browns malik mcdowell was caught on video um tmz being the shitty operation and business that they are always publishing people's shit out there but uh tmz released a video of malik mcdowell butt-ass booty naked uh out front of a child's learning center on a fucking tuesday um after assaulting a, a police officer um and walking in their butt booty naked where all these kids are just you know minding their own business learning their abcs um you know it situations like that is like you hate a- to see it a- a- allegedly. allegedly allegedly you have the, um, you definitely know it was him because you could see him but like we should, be, we should be clear that i don't i don't trust police narratives i don't care true so. it, it's not so much that like he fought a cop for me like Sure, that could have happened, or they could have just been slicing it or whatever. Um, the main issue here is, like, it's one of those situations where a player doing something that's, like, way out of pocket, like, you know, you're here, and then they're out over there in left field, way out of pocket. Um, and it br- like it brings to question the nature of this sport that we love so much in football, because you have cases like with Philip Adams murdering six people, Junior Seau, Steve McNair, each killing themselves. Vincent Jackson drinking himself to death as well. Um, and, you know, CTE, which was like something that the NFL has done their damn best to just kind of brush under the under under the rug and whatnot. You know, you start to wonder, like, just how bad is it getting? Because now you're getting – we went from seeing guys who had retired years ago, Junior Seau and Steve McNair, right, suffer through it and then end their lives prematurely. Um, and now even Vincent Jackson, we were in high school when I remember Vincent Jackson blowing up in, um, I'm pretty sure he started off in Dallas and then moved down to Tampa Bay. Um, I remember Adams playing for the, for the Patriots and the 49ers for a little while, like guys that we watched play. And now Malik McDowell, who's like literally a, was a rookie when we were like grown adults too, you know? And my question to you guys is, I mean, are you, do you, do you think that the NFL should, it's one of those things where where I think I genuinely think the NFL has to do way more due diligence that they've ever done, especially with all these rising cases and and publicly present like we're 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 coming up with these helmets or we're coming up with this test to like you know actually um, diagnose this while players are alive. Like, what would you like to see something like an organization as shitty as the NFL present to us the public and say like, hey, now we're not just you, we all know that you know that we're pieces of shit, but here's a way for you to feel better about it, um, you know, in the type of way. Sorry I put it so bleakly, but it's just what it is to me. It's like these guys are going to milk these players for what they're worth or whatever. But, I mean, I would like to see maybe maybe there is a prototype helmet. I'd like to know about it. It would make me feel a little bit better as a fan. Um, so, AJ, I'm pass it off to you first. But, I mean, what are your thoughts about all this? Yeah, I mean, I think this this incident with uh, Malik McDowell is pretty. Uh, you know, who knows who knows exactly what's happening, but like, you can't deny the man's butt naked on a Tuesday in the middle of like a children's learning center. Like, there's something there's something messed up in this guy's head. Uh, you know, so like, you just it, it's it's and you you have to wonder, you know, how how did his football playing career factor into in, into that? You know. Um, in terms of like CTE, you know, I, I on the one hand, I I will I will say that the NFL has done what it can to be uh, what it can do to to try and brush this under the rug and like pretend it's not real. They, I mean, they had the whole cover cover up already once once already anyway. Um, but I I think uh, from now going forward, 
they're going to have to create there's you know there's only a couple different ways this this could this can turn out right one of the ways is the nfl finally decides to take the issue seriously and it comes up with ways to try and alleviate the brain injury problem rules changes we've seen uh helmet design changes we've seen the technological thing i think i see as part of uh the process of capitalism doing what capitalism does um and you know it, they're they're always going to look for more uh technology to try and protect their own investments right um now with that being said at the end of the day though there's there's like there's there's something to the statement like this is the nature of the game uh it's guys throwing their heads at people like at 100 miles an hour all the time um and you know at at a certain point that's that's kind of the risk that we're that we're taking is uh, you know for uh, for having the sport the way it is um you know in my opinion i think you could probably do away with a whole lot of the more violent aspects of football by just making it two hand touch or like making it uh you know by make by you know maybe make it flag or something like that cuz like i don't know to me the what we're really all there to watch is the <laughs> is the, is the skills players. We're, we're there to see the people that, that are getting the ball, you know? Um, anyway, that, that changes the whole nature of the game though. That's the thing. Uh, that's, right. that's kind of what some the, of it. Exactly. I mean, you really lose the running game. You really lose, uh, you know, you lose kickoffs and all that kind of stuff that, that are some of the most exciting aspects of the game. Right. Um, at, at a certain level as a society, you have to say like, am I okay with this? You know, am I okay with the, the brutality of the sport and the way it destroy it chews these players up right in front of us? Right. Um, you know, I modern day gladiators. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, and I don't I don't know that I like to see the the, the negative consequences of it. Uh, but I'm also a boxing fan. I love to watch boxing. I don't like to see negative consequences from that either. But I don't know that I would want the sport to be stopped. Uh, I, I, I like I like doing it myself. Um, so. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't have any good answers for this one. Yeah. Lauren, what about you? Yeah. So it's, this is the, there's a lot I want to kind of talk about this subject. So for the, for that guy, hopefully, um, you know, we don't, part of the NFL and part of it is you're in a car wreck every week. Well, part of the, the things you try to do to cope with that pain is take drugs. And when he sort of, and I'm not talking about like, he went out and smoked crystal meth. I mean, I don't know if he did that, but uh, you know, they get addicted to painkillers and kind of things like that. And they might go drinking and they might mix the painkillers with something else. And it kind of causes you because you need to alleviate the pain. For me, it's, you you see a lot of these retired guys. For me, I'd want to see the NFL do something more in an outreach regard to retired players. And maybe they do, and you just don't hear about it. Um, And I know that we need to change the here and now, but uh, and I think that's going to, that's, that's to me, that's, that's a, still a topic. I could, another rabbit hole could go down, but for me, the, the change I kind of want to see now is, okay, well, we knew there was a violent era when we, when we put in the face mask in and we made the helmet a weapon, there was this whole violent era for a long time where a lot of guys might be suffering with depression, money problems, um, um, drug addiction. 
you know, like, and, and I always call it like a center, but you can't really call it like a center, I guess, but something where the NFL reaches out to these retired players and goes, goes, are you doing okay? And do you need help? And can we help you that to me kind of, because I feel like some of this, some of these guys drinking themselves to death or committing suicide, it, it, it probably was linked to CTE for sure. But I wonder how much depressed they were. I wonder how much no one checked on their mental health. No one checked in on them to make sure they were doing okay financially, kind of things like that, like help them kind of like get back on their feet and, you know, be a part of society. Cause after the playing days, if after the playing days and your 15 minutes is gone, you know, you have this sort of letdown and the people that don't go into the media world or go, you know, they just go being normal people again, you know, and plus then they've got all this damage to their body. They can maybe barely walk or they have had horrible headaches all the time. Maybe that's why Vincent Drake himself to death is because he had horrible headaches maybe, or his body hurt for a long time. So something where the NFL can kind of be like, Hey, you can come to us and we will, t- we'll help take care of you in retirement. Cause they've got the money for it. And so in my mind, it'd be like, almost like they still help like fun for players to get financial aid, financial help or, um, and like, this is no cost to the player either. Right. Like they, once they play the NFL for, I don't, I don't know what the rules would be a certain amount of years or whatever. If they're retired from the NFL. They can come to these like centers, if you will, and come get medical help or get medical treatment or seek therapy or seek something that they, that they need to better themselves in the real world. That's kind of, that's kind of my stance on that. And what I'd, I'd like to see the NFL do is some sort of, and maybe, and you know, I don't know what they, if they do, or maybe there is some sort of outreach there, but I know for sure they have the money for it. And I know for sure that they could probably really help retired players that played in the league for a long time that, you know, weren't making the money these athletes are now and having financial problems and way worse brain damage than, than because of the, because of the Institute, when they made the face face mask in there and they made the helmet a weapon. And the guys led with their heads the whole time and hit them as hard as they could face first. So that would be my, that'd be my sound sort of what I'd like to see the NFL do. But so I, I think the, I think that would be the next step is how can we help them in retirement? Cause they've got CTE. There's, there's no cure for it. As far as I know, how can, what's the yeah. best way we can help them manage it and make sure that they don't get to the tipping point where they feel like they need to kill themselves or they feel like they need to drink themselves to death, kind of things like that. It's interesting that you bring that up too, Lauren, because like I know for rookies, for example, they have the whole rookie symposium where they bring these young kids in who are all draft prospects or potentially, you know, guys who are going to play coming out of college and they sit them down and it's like head of the NFLPA, a bunch of veteran players, a bunch of retired players, just giving them advice on like how to spend their money, how to manage their money, who to look for, like who to go to for help, like how to handle your agent, like all these of like all these things, right. That you need to know heading into the NFL as like a young kid who's literally probably skipped one or two years of college just to come play. So you don't know anything. Right. And it's interesting. You say that about retired players. Cause like, these are guys who we tend to forget myself included that this is literally all they've done for third, like 20 plus years of their life is just play ball. School was always secondary. Anything outside of football was secondary. Like all they did was play ball. So like, yeah, maybe they should have like a discharge kind of thing where like, oh, you're retiring, so let's sit down and let's talk about like that's a good that's a good point that I I never thought about and that's something that for sure um it's I think that's something knew, worth looking into for sure. I know like they have programs to help people guys get like their masters and things like that. Cause I remember a running back, I think his name was Roy Halu. Kind of knew he was on head. He was a running back for us for watch through the Washington Redskins at that time, um, and knew he was on a short like his NFL career wasn't going to last long. So somehow he got his masters through the NFL, and the NFL like paid for it so he could he could use that in his life when he retired or after his after his playing career. But um, 
yeah, that's that's kind of that's a that's a really good point. Kind of like a hey, you know, you're entering the 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 real world now, and and the some of it too is that whole aspect of like you said, it's all they know. So you got some guys that go out and they spend. I'll never forget. Chris Cooley said he spent his rookie paycheck. He spent all of his rookie paycheck and then some before the second start of his second season. He's like, so I needed to show up to OTAs to get that money. So like, could you imagine him? You know, I could. I couldn't imagine myself at uh, twenty one with with twenty million, ten million dollars in my bank account. Oh, I'd be buying planes mind. and jets, and I'd be doing dumb yeah. stuff. So um, they, they, uh, you know, the the if you know that. Oh yeah, my point was that they they that if that football is all they know and they're working, they, their money's going out of their pockets, and next thing you know, their career's done after four to four to six years, and they're still spending money like they're making it. Then they it, it the well dries up. And then what, you know, so now you've got CTE, your brain, your body's all damaged. You're broke. You're fine. You're filing for chapter bankruptcy. You can't think straight. You know, you've got headaches all day. Yep. And the other part of it too, is something that AJ brought up. That's interesting to me. Is like, he loves boxing. Right. And it was like, how, how many UFC fights have I watched? Quite a few. How many boxing matches have we all watched? Like a lot. And like, so we only think about it in the NFL, but like, there are hella sports out there that they probably don't even touch bases on it upon like boxing. I remember when, before Ali passed and I was a kid and I like saw him on TV, like for interviews and stuff, like how he would shake and whatnot. It's like, I didn't think about it then, but now I think about it now. I was like, Holy crap. Like those are the side effects of boxing things that we don't see on the, like that these organizations do a pretty good job at hiding from us probably. Um, But yeah, man, it's, it's scary. Cause you know, you see all these guys just, in in really sad and like terrifying situations and as a fan of the sport as i'm a fan of these players too and realize that they're humans and i think that's what i'm trying to say is that as as much as sometimes we roast people on the on the pod here like moments like these makes you go like hey these guys are human too and there are moments that we should you know take a step back and and really think about it um so just wanted to bring that up, but some, another situation that I, you know, we've all taken a back, uh, a, a step back on, and we've all realized this guy's a piece of shit. Uh, Darren Ravel is a walk is a, a piece of walking fecal matter. Uh, AJ, <laughs> if you could please elaborate on this for us. Yeah, this is, uh, this is, a, this story is completely wild also, uh, because, and I, I need to, I need you guys to understand this because like, so I've, I've been on Twitter for a while now. I consider myself a Twitter vet. Uh, some of the wildest stuff happens on Twitter. He did not just say Twitter vet. Yo, trust me, I'm a, I'm a veteran of the posting wars. It's um, true. AJB in the trenches. <laughs> look, Darren Ravel is a sports business analyst for Action News, uh, which is a news channel that I'm sure you've never heard of. Who? I know I haven't heard of it. Uh, so yeah, this this guy's apparently a broadcaster of some sort. He analyzes business for this this news corporation or whatever. Uh, and he got on a Twitter space yesterday. Uh, to talk about uh, why, like he, how to explain his confusion at the fact that people would be mad at him that he owns civil rights memorabilia, and I just want to read for for our audience what he said because this is this is some wild stuff right here. Uh, just grade break A, off. break this off for us, bro. Out of like grade A out of pocket stuff. Here's here's what he says. I and he says this in public, public with. I don't I don't look. This is what he says. I have over nine MLK signed items. I'm a humongous fan of what he's done. And over the last seven years, I've collected a lot of things. It's not only MLK. It's a lot of black history. I own a Rosa Parks signed NAACP card. 
Why? So it was pretty shocking today how I was called racist when I'm a student and lover of black history. I never expected the reaction that I got today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if people think that a white man can enjoy black history. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really am. I'm sorry if people think that a white man can't love Martin Luther King. But to me, that seems pretty counterintuitive. And then there's like this long, awkward pause. And then he goes, you got me? And then the, the, the moderator goes, yeah, they got you. Uh, <laughs> so, that poor moderator was probably like, what in the fuck is going on? So, I just, my favorite thing is that like, because you can tell this guy is like just a racist piece of crap because like the way he talks about the civil rights movement as if it were a basketball league. Like I have over nine signed autographs from Michael Jordan. Like that's, that's like, that's how he's talking about it. That's what he thinks. That's his idea of what the history is. And then like later on in the conversation, someone was asking him like, why don't you just, why don't you give that stuff to the Smithsonian? He's like, here, here, this is what he says. He says, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here. This is an exact quote, but he says, uh, I'm not, I didn't give it to the Smithsonian because uh, they wanted, they wanted it, it, me to donate it. And I was going to give it to them on loan. And they were like, you should give it to them. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what's wrong with you? And here's the, here's oh, the kicker. The here's the kicker to this whole racist nonsense, right? <laughs> what do you think? What do you think the, the memorabilia in, that he's talking about is the sign thing that he has from MLK? Just it's a like, wild guess. Anything like a pamphlet, a paper yeah. that he has signed by Martin Luther King. Yeah. Isn't it a paper from prison? Yes. He has what a, a, like, in the a, hell? a scrap of paper from when Martin Luther King Jr. was uh, imprisoned. Uh, and like, it was a scrap of, it was like a sign out paper for him to, to call his family. That's what he, that's the piece of memorabilia. And he bought it this man from went... the family of the prison warden. Boy, if that don't smell, plant, that smells like plantations to me. Bruh. <laughs> it's, it's from, uh, his most cherished possession is a piece of Martin Luther King Jr. memorabilia. Our, our, our memorabilia, our pages from warden's log books. From Birmingham, Birmingham Jail in 1963, when he wrote letter from Birmingham Jail, where he wrote letter oh, from Birmingham oh. Jail, King signed it, signed in and out about about his mail 12 times, and that's a tweet. That's I just read a direct tweet from Darren Rovell that he tweeted out today at 11:38 oh, a.m. and he shows a pic video of the uh, of the piece of paper that says Martin Luther King written on it a bunch 12 times apparently. So, that's yeah. wild. Darren Ruvel, definitely not racist. Certainly not stupid. No. He's probably, you know what? He, you know why he doesn't want to donate that? He's probably waiting to trade that for Anne Frank's diary from someone's <laughs> great great grandfather who served in World War II. That's probably, what he, he's probably waiting for that. That's usually how that works. Oh my God. Like, the, the, thing, the thing about it to me is like, it's it's the like it's the caucasity of of being like no the no caucasity. no you don't understand I own this now this is mine <laughs> this 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 is it's 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 a it's an antique this is something that gets owned like you you own these you don't you don't that, that's the that's the part of it to me that like just it's the it's the it's the ra- it's the little racist cherry on top of this, this giant racist souffle that's it, so huh. And to make it even better, there's a video out there of him running a 20-yard dash uh, that I sent to the group chat so you guys can watch that a little bit later. Is that, 
You mean to tell me that this Ravel is the same asshole who looked like he was running a forty yard dash with a, <laughs> yeah, with yeah. a, he, like, with a stake up his, up his ass? Yeah, oh, that's him. Yeah, that's that him. him. Yeah. He like doesn't oh, pick no. up his knees at all. And then Dominican Sue was watching, by the way. Yo, my man. <laughs> my man. Yo, hey, yo, he runs like he's got slippers on across the floor, bro. Right? <laughs> hey, and you think my... he told you think he told Dominican Sue he is Martin Luther King tw- signed the paper? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sue's not one of those guys you want to mention that to. Yeah, facts. I don't you know think, what I, you think Darren I'm... brings it up at parties? You think he just walks up to like Oh, he absolutely like, Hey, absolutely I have does. a piece of paper Martin Luther King signed 12 times just from when he was in you jail. You know if you get a couple drinks in him, he's definitely telling everyone. <laughs> everyone. He, Actually, he, you know he, what? I take it back. He doesn't tell everyone. He only tells the black people. That's, that's like, if there's black people at the party, that's what he tells them. And he I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if he has an intern at Action News, like this sounds like a video, like it sounds like a cartoon, like a cartoon network news channel. It does, yeah. But if he had an intern there, he would probably point it out to them every time they walk oh, in the office. My God, every single time, and you have to act surprised every time every too. Time. Wow. Oh, yeah, did you, and he's, wow. and he's super peppy about it. He's like, oh, did you see? Did you know? Did you know I have this? Have you seen this before? Did you know? Did you know I have? It? Here's a picture. I of got it. it straight from the warden's family. Oh my God, <laughs> we're, good. Like, yeah, we're good friends, actually. You know, <laughs> they have a picture with Dr. King too. He just, you know, is handcuffed. <laughs> he's a. Got a picture with him down at the rally last you know, week. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, bro? Oh my god! Oh, my that's like gosh. straight up, like, like if if the guy from Get Out was an actual person, like the white oh guy god. from Get Out, who's oh, like, yeah. I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could. That's like <laughs> same exact type energy. Ravel, you know what? He was probably out there at Nike's headquarters with Indomik and Sue, thinking like, maybe I could buy this motherfucker. <laughs> And put my brain into him. He said, he said hey, Adama, go run this 40 real quick. Let me see how fast you are. I like that. I like that. Oh, man. Well, speaking of spe- speaking of racist assholes, uh, there's also been an update on the court case between John Gruden and the, John Gruden and the NFL. Um, this was news to me. So, uh, AJ, if you, if you mind bringing yeah, us to speed on this, too. Just a short update uh, from the athletic, something that I thought was interesting. So it's not news. Like we've known for quite a while that John Gruden is suing the NFL uh, over his discharge uh, from the Raiders organization earlier this year, uh, or actually technically earlier, a few months ago. Um, So we know all that, but uh, what I, a piece of news that I found interesting is that um, the uh, basically what's about to happen is the next couple of days, the NFL is going to file what basically amounts, it's not technically a motion to dismiss, but it basically amount, is amounts to a, a motion to dismiss. They're going to argue that the um, uh, because John Gruden was fired uh, and the, that firing um, arose out of his terms of employment with the NFL, that the arbitration con- clause that's in every single NFL contract uh, is should be applicable, which means that this dispute that's being argued in, um, in the court should actually be argued before an arbitrator. Uh, why that is significant is significant is because the NFL pays the arbitrator. So basically, if the NFL succeeds in this motion, John Gruden is basically uh, screwed in his lawsuit. Uh, the um, interesting thing about the case is that John Gruden uh, was fired because of racist emails that he sent while he was not employed by the NFL. So he's got a fairly decent argument that um, that his firing actually did not arise out of his terms of employment with the NFL because that contract was not in effect when he was not employed by the NFL. And so 
Uh, and so he, that's pretty interesting because it means that if he is, if he is in fact able to sneak past this motion um, and uh, survive, that presumably the case then proceeds to the phase of, of civil trial called discovery, where, uh, and the and discovery process is public. And during discovery, you can ask for all sorts of documents and the, and each side has to, has to must turn them over. Uh, and, Ooh, child. Yeah. And as we know, the NFL does not like their dirty laundry to be aired. So if that's the case, I would, I would wager, uh, if I were a betting man, I would wager that the NFL is going to end up paying John Gruden a lot of money to make the case go away. Uh, because I would bet that they'd rather, uh, in, maintain their secrecy, uh, than pay him like a hundred million dollars to be quiet. And then he's going to own the Raiders soon. Just like the, like the Davises have owned it now with the same exact reason they got sued and got so much money. They just bought the Raiders. Yeah. Facts. Plot twist. <laughs> oh my, that would be absolutely bonkers if that were to happen though, but that would be wild. That would be. Could you imagine, imagine him just John, John buying the Raiders just walking in with his swinging dick in the owner's meeting be like, I know which one of you motherfuckers did it. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. I bet you he'd say some other, some other interesting words. Did you have some other interesting words to say about him? Based on what he said in emails. Right. Well, sadly, I think if I if I recall correctly, you have to have permission from a, a majority share of the owners and the other owners in order to own an NFL team. So it's not like a, you could just go up and buy them in a marketplace. Oh, but uh, so we'll in, probably never see that. But it would you guys put in your though. bid for the Denver Broncos? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about. Yeah. I mean, I still have my my. I still have my stimulus check. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> didn't spend it on your airplane. You didn't spend it on your airplane. I returned the airplane. Huh? <laughs> I returned both. Oh, you returned both? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was Come good luck. I, I still own my plane in private island. Just there you go. All that money we got from Uncle Sam. <laughs> good old Uncle Sam. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think uh, we're going to – all we have left to talk about now are the playoff games heading into this week. But before we do, um, I want to take a, a moment to self-indulge myself here. And uh, for teams like me, like my team, New York Jets, and – this year, the Washington football team, uh, the off season is an exciting time where free agency and, and the draft allow us to bring in fresh new players and exciting faces to potentially bolster our team. And in, in my in my team's case, make double digit wins in Washington's team, hopefully get into the playoffs and make a push. Um, and my favorite, of course, is the NFL draft. I have a mini mock draft here. Um, that I prepared for you guys just because that's the kind of guy that I am, and I love doing this shit. What we, um, we we, we got to call this segment something, like Eric's Draft Corner or something, or World's Fastest Draft, or I don't know. Latest Draft Standings. <laughs> <laughs> we could, we'll call it Eric's Latest Draft Standings. I actually like that. All right. Um, so We don't want to be, do a beer pun? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I have to. I didn't. I, We'll have to we'll have to brainstorm it. All right, we'll, we need we'll to get it. We need we'll to get a sponsor. It. We need to get a sponsor for it. That's what we need to get. We'll workshop hey, it. We'll workshop it. Yeah, we'll workshop it. <laughs> make make a couple pitches to our, to our friends over there in Millers and and yeah, uh, there you go. Ambush Laker or whatever. No, not Bush. Uh, not that one. Okay, not that one. All right, sorry, Bush. Not you guys. Just kidding. <laughs> we want you. Just kidding. Uh, so in the 2022 NFL draft, of course, uh, I'm going to do the top five picks for now, just as I keep working through, um, some film that I like to watch on my spare time and just what I see, um, in, in dr NFL draft circles and whatnot. But, um, this is, this is all, all these picks are based off of my own assumptions of what the team, uh, what, what they need, what they desire, um, scheme fits 
and just overall um, what, where I think certain draft po- prospects fall. So number one overall, Jacksonville Jaguars, because they're a shitty organization, get to pick number one two years in a row. Um, they have Trevor, uh, Trevor Lawrence, who was their number one draft pick last year. Um, he's a quarterback out of Clemson, so they're going to try and protect him best they can. I have them taking Evan Neal, who is an absolute monster of a unit. Um, he's an offensive tackle coming out of Alabama. Um, he's played three other positions ac- across the offensive line. Um, he's one of those draft po- prospects on the offensive line where you're, you're probably going to get a, a pretty solid hit on him as a blue chip player. Um, so he'll go number one just to help keep their hopefully keep their uh, franchise quarterback standing upright. Number two overall, you have our favorite Detroit Lions, who had a rather uh, strong late season push. Um, I have them actually drafting a defensive end um, this year, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. He's more athletic than Aiden Hutchinson, who is a close number two here. Um, more athletic, more high, uh, a higher ceiling, uh, longer, longer body, um, and he's more fluid. Uh, number three overall to the Houston Texans, though, I do have Aiden Hutchinson, who is the late rising star for Michigan. Uh, he had a great couple games in the in the playoffs. Um, he was he was shut down pretty well by um, by um, oh God, I forgot who they played um, their last game of the season. Was it Alabama? Alabama, yeah. Um, he played against Neil, and Neil shut him down. Um, even though he had a strong showing in other aspects of the game, like setting the edge, he has a high mortar. Um, great build i mean he's he's still an athletic guy team leader type of guy um neil handled him pretty handily and i think that's why i slid neil into the number one spot over thibodeau but aiden hutchinson goes third to houston my new york jets at number four will take uh the hybrid safety out of notre dame kyle hamilton guy can do it all in the box uh cover one he's a ball hawk that's kind of what we need because we don't have anybody special on defense like that. And then number five, the New York Giants will be taken. Ikem Ekwanu. Ikem Ekwanu. He's basically the second highest rated uh, offensive line prospect coming out of the NFL. He played for NC State, um, plays tackle. And we all know that the Giants need offensive line because they're awful there. Um, and just as a just as a quick little pick for Washington, I have you guys – at number 11, taking Tyler Linderbaum. Um, not a super sexy pick. He's the highest graded center to come out of college since Nick Mangold, if that gives you any kind of idea what his career can be. Um, he'll be an absolute anchor at center. Can can play guard, too, if you guys need to, um, which you might need him to with Brendan Scherf hitting free agency. And with you guys going through five centers this year, I can imagine some stability there. Would be welcome. Uh, would be an absolute steal for you guys because the guys a tank up the middle. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my mini draft mock draft there for you guys. Picks one through five, and then surprise pick at eleven for y'all. If I may, uh, I I I was thinking we were going to take a quarterback, and one of them that I do a film study on was Matt Corral. Um, and looking at yeah. looking at what he because they're thinking they're thinking uh, most mock drafts have Sam Howell going and then and and us uh, and maybe like one of the quarterbacks coming off early then Matt Corral either falling to us or one of the other guys falling to us yeah um, just depending on if Atlanta doesn't take a quarterback if Atlanta rides or Carolina doesn't take another quarterback you know the 
rumor mills they might move on but i like matt corral he's got a good arm strength he kind of reminds me of a bigger more athletic taylor heineke he did well in the zone read option um but he has a cannon um i noticed he could really air it out when he has to but what made him lethal in college to me was seem like a lot of his legs like a lot of his a lot of his mobility so i'd be interesting to see if uh um what he does if he's more of a a pocket passer can make the trade or if we use him you know because you know, as as the way of the NFL quarterback goes, they're being more mobile, you know, having yeah. like Lamar, Kyler, Russ, you know, Josh Allen's even threat with his legs, um, you know, uh, just kind of kind of things like that. So we'll see if he translate, but translates. But that's I'll, I'll probably I'll probably be looking at all the quarterbacks coming out just because um, I know that we'll, we probably will draft one in the first round or uh, and then Sam Howell I followed since last year. So we'll just we'll see how well I'll, I'll look at him a little bit later, too. But those are just my two cents. Nice. Now, one one guy that um that I can see sneaking into Washington's lap, like round two, um, would be someone like Malik Willis out of Liberty. Um, he's he's like he's like Corral, just way more athletic. Um, not as big of a cannon as Corral has, um, and not quite hasn't 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 gone through the mental aspect of the game as much as Corral has. So Corral's probably going to be the first quarterback off the board. Um, but Willis could be a solid consolation in the second for you guys. If you decide, if Washington decides to go with a different option for that pick, um, cause I do see, I do have Corral going to, uh, Carolina with the sixth overall pick, um, which is one of those reasons why I, I didn't have Washington taking a quarterback that early. I could see you trading back down too. Wouldn't be a bad option for y'all either. Um, but quarterback is a, is a need. I'd say your in, entire interior offensive line is going to need some reinforcement. Um, and of course, you guys want um, some assistance for McLaurin on the outside. But uh, this class is pretty deep with wide receiver, I'd say. So you might be able to get someone in the second round like Jahan Dotson or um, God, what's, um, what's this kid that I'm thinking about right now? Um Jameson, uh, the, yeah, Jameson Williams, who just tore his ACO, might slip to you guys in a second, which would be an absolute steal as well. So, um, yeah, a lot of options. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, the draft process plays out. Free agency starts in March, so um, tampering window and all that, trades and all that happening in the offseason is probably going to be a hot season, offseason for trades um, with Deshaun Watson on the move. So, but, yeah, super excited for that. Um, I get – I get – so excited for the draft season. That's all me. Um, so I'm, I'll be excited to spit back and forth with the two of you guys, too, heading into that. Um, but great. Here we are. Playoff time. Uh, first game on the docket for this week um, is – let me double check. I don't want to misspeak like I have in the past. I'm pretty sure it's the Bengals versus the Titans on Saturday. Um Bengals will be traveling to Tennessee. Tennessee had the uh, had the first round bye as the number one seed. Uh, tough matchup for Tennessee, in my honest opinion. But I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it over first to you, Lauren. Who you got here? Yeah. So uh, uh, the game, like Eric alluded to, the games in Tennessee. The Bengals are the underdogs here. The Titans are my or uh, the spreads minus three and a half towards the Titans. Money lines minus two hundred. Over under forty seven. Plus 174, the Bengals. Um, you know, I was thinking about this game a lot. Um, and I feel like it's going to be an off, a, a really good defense against a, um, a stud of an offense and who's going to come out, right? Who's going to, who's going to, uh, 
uh, who who who's got who's going to play better that day. I just think that I think I think the Titans do enough. Honestly, um, I think with the combination of their defense and maybe Derek coming back, I saw him taking some hits of practice today. I think the Titans do enough to hold off. I think their defense is good enough that they can stifle the attack of. Um, of uh, Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase there on the outside and slow Joe mixing down enough. I think it's a grinded out game um, for sure. If it turns into a shootout, I think the Bengals got it, but I think I'm going to lean toward Tennessee, lean towards Tennessee in that defense. But Joe, Joe likes to step up in big moments like he did last week and he could, could very well do this week. But I think the Titans and their experience, they've been here before. They've done this before. I think they come out and they play a solid defensive performance and kind of shut the Bengals down. So I like the Titans money line and then probably the under. I don't know if it'll be a shootout, but I don't think it'll be a shootout because if it gets into a shootout, the Titans are in trouble. But I think their defense comes out and plays well. But I'll toss it over to you, AJ. What are you thinking? Are you muted, bro? Sorry, I forgot to do that. Um, Not happen. The uh, I was gonna say the uh, I'm riding high on the Bengals this time. I uh, I think that the Bengals offense is too explosive. Um, I'm not that impressed with the Titans defense, um, and I've seen their offense get stymied even when they have Derrick Henry. Um, they don't. They just sometimes they don't just can't move the ball that well. And I think the Bengals defense will take advantage of that uh, on key drives in order for um, uh, the passing attack uh, led by Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Uh, to take advantage, um, you know, to say nothing of Joe Mixon, he's going to eat. So I, uh, I'm i going with the Bengals. How about you, Eric? This is one of those games for me where it will it really will come down to, um, and it's kind of cliche because you hear broadcasters say it all the time, but like time of possession. Um, so kind of like the way that Washington was able to handle uh, Tampa Bay by just not letting Tom Brady get the ball. I think that's the complete angle that Tennessee has to play. Um, in order to have a chance to beat the Bengals. Because the Titans' defense, Vrabel has that unit playing out of their mind, considering who they have available to them at any given point in the season. Um, that defensive unit has been playing lights out, um, which is why they're at number one. But I think against a tough Cincinnati offense, their their defense is going to get a couple stops here and there, but I don't think they'll be able to keep up. Um, there's just too many angles to hit for Burrow and that Jets offense, or sorry, Bengals offense. Um, too many different angles to hit. Too many mouths that can be fed. Who can take Is that? Wishful thinking. Hey, look, we beat them. Okay. <laughs> True facts. The True Jets facts. beat both of these teams. This season. <laughs> they did, they did. They. <laughs> just gonna, just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, I think it's gonna come down to. Um, I think it's gonna come down to. Did did. Did Tennessee keep the ball long enough? And with Henry back um, and knowing the freak that he is and just the absolute stud of a running back that he is, I think Tennessee is going to eke out a win here probably by like single digits, anywhere between nine to three points. It'll be like field goals basically that they get a win by. But I got got Tennessee pulling away a win here. So Yeah, that's what's interesting. Last little tidbit is uh, whenever a spread is three and a half, you kind of stay away from it um, because that's like the the most games end by three points. Most games go either way by three points. So three and a half spreads, you kind of stay away from. But Sounds about right. Moving on. Moving on, we have the 8-15 Saturday night game, which is the San Francisco 49ers against Tampa, or Tampa Bay Packers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> against the Green Bay Packers, San Francisco visiting Green Bay. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, Toss it over to AJ. 
just because I he always brings up good points in these kinds of matchups. Who you got this week? Uh, yeah, and it's so hard because the you know you love to see the scrappy 49ers out there, uh, you know, the, and you love to see Debo Samuels uh, out there tearing it up. Um, and surprisingly, I feel like uh, people have not been giving Jimmy Garoppolo enough credit. I think he's a smart quarterback, and I think he knows the game well. Um, and yeah. he, he seems to be pretty comfortable in Kyle Shanahan's scheme with them there, out there, in, uh, out there in San Fran. Um, I do not see them being able to beat the Packers, though. Not, not well. I was going to say not playoff Packers, but we've seen them in the playoffs lately, and uh, Matt Lafleur has found a way to to screw that up for the past couple of years. But I think uh, I think this time the Packers are going to get the first round right at least, um, and we'll see them uh, pretty much run away with it. We've we've seen Devontae uh, how just Devonte uh, Adams just chews up uh, opposing defenses. Um, and, uh, even when you get Aaron Rodgers under pressure, he's, he's crafty. Um, and then on top of that, you just have to compete with his ability to throw the ball in tight spaces. Uh, there's throws that he makes that guys, other guys, you just, just, you'll just never see them be able to hit tight windows like that. So, uh, I'm going with the Packers on this one, uh, as much as I'd love to see the 49ers scrape one out. I just don't think they will. Uh, Lauren, how about you? Yeah, no, I'm going to Green Bay on this one. Um, if it, you know, if part of the Titans, I was thinking about they had a week off, and I was sitting there thinking, man, could they? Maybe they come out flat. Maybe the Bengals catch them early. You know, I don't have that fear at all with Aaron Rodgers in that team. You know, he doesn't ever come out flat. He comes out ready to play all the time, and he's got them that unit sharp, and they're they're going to play well. I think the 49ers put up a fight. Um, if they stick with the mentality Eric was talking about, the 49ers, where they try to just run the ball and keep it close. Um, then there's obviously there's a chance, but I mean, Aaron is just like AJ said, there's Aaron is just so perfect. You know, he just makes throws that are perfect, finds the right guys that are perfect or, or checks into the right uh, offenses, kind of things like that knows how to pick teams apart. Um, he just makes throws that you can't compete with that are just like you play perfect defense, but he fit it in this like two inch window. That's that you, nobody could get to. So I think Aaron comes out and I think they get to another NFC championship game. I think they'll beat the 49ers pretty handily here by at least 10 points or more. Um, the spread is minus five and a half. Uh, the money line is minus two fifty for in favor of the, of the Packers plus two Oh five for the 49ers over under over under 47 and a half. I probably like that over just because I feel for some reason, I feel like the Packers might pour it on. And Aaron would stay in the game, and then the, the San Francisco is going to score a couple touchdowns late to hit the over. But I would probably take the the Packers money line. Eric, who you got? Yeah, man, this is another one of those games where I feel I, I genuinely feel like the 49ers match up pretty well against um like against these Packers. Um, like I just said, a gritty a gritty off uh, defense that just finds way to stop the other team. But I mean. As much as I hate to give it to him, Aaron Rodgers is probably one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year, if not the best one in the league this year, with arguably the best wide receiver in the league. Um, and let's not forget that they have two really good backs in the backfield in A.J. Dillon and, and Aaron Jones. So um, I think I think this is one of those games where, like Lauren said, um, 49ers are just going to get too overwhelmed trying to, trying to stop too many moving pieces um, on an offense that Rodgers just knows how to orchestrate. Um, so Green Bay is probably going to walk out of here with one of the more convincing uh, second round playoff wins. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the 49ers hang in a little bit more than people would expect. So, uh, but I still got to give it to the Packers here. Um, fuck you, Aaron yeah, Rodgers. I mean, look, look, the defense, the, the 49ers defense is legit. I mean, if yeah. they could, they, they held the Cowboys to, 
uh, you know, 16 points at home. I mean, that's not that's no small feat. You know, of course, really, the they, Cowboys have been choke artists against any team that has a winning record. So, they held uh, them to less than that too. One of one of those was a pick six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think I think you know. So you really could, if 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 I yeah, I could I could see that I could see 49ers, uh taking it if their defense takes over, uh, and that's yeah. the question: Can you stop Aaron Rodgers? Probably not forever, but can can the 49ers offense then do enough to to make it to make it interesting? Maybe yeah, you got to you got to hold them. You got to hold Aaron to field goals. You got to hold that offense to field goals. And if you can, then you maybe you've got a shot. But then that's the other question that AJ just raised: Is the 49ers offense good enough and dynamic enough to go? You know, they might be for the first half, but can they keep it up for a whole for a whole full game to go toe to toe with Aaron? Because Aaron's going to score at some point usually. You know, he's going to find the 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 key to to go score. So can they keep it close yeah. enough? The key for the 49ers is going to be someone else on offense has to elevate their game other than just Debo Samuel. Whether it's Ayuk on the other side, whether it's one of the backs that they have, Kelsey. Elijah Mitchell or someone like that in the backfield. Kelsey going off. Uh, oh, you mean Kittle? Oh, Kittle. Who am I saying? Oh, yeah, yeah Kittle. I mean, Kittle going off. Sorry, George yeah, Kittle going yeah. off court. George Kittle goes off for a buck 50 and two touchdowns. I mean, they're going to have a it. shot. Yeah. They just need some because the the offense. We all know everybody on on who watches football knows that the 49ers offense runs through Debo Samuel. So if the if the if the Green Bay Packers can just tee off on Samuel's all game, in order for the 49ers to be able to compete, like Jimmy G has to be throwing absolute dimes to his team, or Ayuk has to have a monster game. Kittle has to blow up for a buck fifty, like you said. Otherwise, it's it's going to be Packers. Jimmy all the way. Jimmy has to play like Aaron Rodgers almost pretty much for this game to to, to them to have a shot in this game too. He's like yeah. you said, he's going to have to be perfect. The throws are going to have to be perfect. He can't have high throws like he did the last towards the end of the last game. He can't have you know those sort of. And I just think that's going to be the problem is the Packers are going to jump on him, jump on him early, and get the lead, and then just run away with it. Yeah. Although I, I and I will admit what AJ said earlier. I mean, people aren't giving Jimmy G his his dues in terms of like what he's been able to orchestrate. And after watching this past week against uh, against Dallas, that first half by Jimmy was lights out. And I will admit, I've I've talked down about him and his QB play a lot, um, but he shut me off with that first half. Then the second half, they tried to give the game away, but that's a whole different animal. I feel like um, they still had a good round of football. But hey, any given Sunday, man, you never know. So we'll see what happens. Uh, another exciting matchup in the NFC on Sunday at 3 p.m. are the L.A. Rams visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the reigning Super Bowl champs with the Go Deep podcast, very own dark horse candidate, Los Angeles Rams. Um, man, I, I'm i going to steal some some thunder from, from Lauren because he mentioned this early in the podcast and I wasn't even thinking about it. But a defensive front having Aaron Donald and Von Miller in his face all game if the pressure is there, Tom Brady is not going to be not going to have a good game. Um, and I think this Rams defense is finally hitting their strides with the, with Miller as an added piece and everybody else just kind of starting to gel together. Um, I'm going to give it to the Rams. I think they I think they stun the, the reigning Super Bowl champs here um, and come back to the West Coast with a win. Um, so I'm going with the Rams here. I think I think the offense is firing on all cylinders. Cooper Cup's going to get involved. Um but AJ, who you got here? Yeah, I think I, if I have to pick one, I'm going with the Rams. I think uh, just because it's obvious that their offense is so good, and obviously, um, you know, the ability to get into um, Tom Brady's face, uh, you know, makes it 
much more likely that you'll be able to stop the the Bucks on offense, uh, or at least when the Bucks are on offense, rather. Uh, however, I will say that uh, I think the, the the offensive scheme that Tampa Bay runs actually plays uh, um, is designed to prevent pressure from getting to Tom Brady um, by making ensuring that he's throwing quick uh, passes and he's deciding who's going to pass the ball to pre-snap. Um, and I think um, I think probably what you'll see the Bucks do is use Mike Evans as a distraction to keep Jalen Ramsey on one side of the field. Uh, Tom will know exactly which side of the field that is at all times, and then he will throw to somebody else. And it's going to be up to uh, rando Buck uh, receivers to to catch the passes. You know, um, I think Gronk. You know, you'll probably see, you'll very likely to see Gronk get involved um, a lot. Uh, you know, as as you know as he as he can do. Uh, but obviously with Mike Evans sort of taken off the board by Jalen Ramsey, because I, I, I'm, I'm just going to assume that they're just going to cede that to him. I, I feel like they'll probably just be like, all right, well, we're going to run a West Coast quick snap type thing and um, try and throw away from Jalen Ramsey and see if we can't, um, you know, get the ball down the field, uh, you know. And then obviously you've got Fournette, who's just a, a complete beast in the running game as well. Um, you know, he's a big guy. They'll probably use him to be pretty physical. Um, so I think – the offensive scheme that the Bucks run that Bruce Arian runs with the Bucks is, is pretty well suited to this particular um this this particular type of situation. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw uh, a shootout. Uh the first person to make a mistake in a shootout is not gonna be Tom Brady, it's gonna be Matt Stafford. You know that for sure. Um love you, Matt Stafford. I want to see you succeed, but man, you throw up you you are the Brett Favre of, of the of the aughts, my guy. Like you'd be throwing interceptions. Or not the not the aughts. Geez, where are we? We're the we're in the twenties. Uh, you're the you're the Brett Favre of the twenties uh, for football. So like, I I just expect to see, uh, to see uh, to see interceptions if if you're throwing the if you're slinging the ball up down the field. He really be slinging that thing. Yeah, he does. He really does. Uh, did you see? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I, I don't know if I sent this to you, Eric, on TikTok. Uh, the one of the guys I follow watches film pointed out that that big bomb he threw to uh, Jefferson yeah. the other night. Mm-hmm was a no look pass. He wow. threw that pass. He used his eyes to hold the the hold the safety by keeping his eyes on Cooper Cup on the left-hand side of the of the field and he knew where Jefferson was going to be so he just flicks the ball down the field his eyes are this way. He just throws it up and lets his guy go get it. It's crazy. That's bonkers, See, bro. That's what yeah. uh what's funny is Aaron Rodgers, you know, I think it was beginning of this year was talking about how um you know, he's like everybody loses their minds for Patrick Mahomes when he does it. He's like, but there's the but Matt Stafford's been doing it way longer than Patrick Mahomes has been. And he's been doing wild. it all in Detroit, but he was in Detroit so like no one cared. No one cared. <laughs> yeah, and then when Calvin Johnson re- retired, especially no one cared. So mm-hmm. Wow. Uh Lauren, who you got? Yeah, so you know I'm going to roll with my Rams. Uh, I'm going to roll with them because I also picked them at the beginning of this year. But <laughs> I also think that it's kind of like what AJ said. I think AJ said it best. Uh, they're, they're, Tom Brady's going to be throwing a kind of randos outside of Mike Evans. And um, the I saw a lot of drop passes on those quick slants from guys. Either a ball being a step ahead of somebody or just far behind, just behind somebody. And if you give this Rams offense – you know, some, some three and outs and they can jump on you. You're going to make time have to throw the ball more step and stand in the pocket longer. And that's where Aaron Donald and Zvon Miller can drop those, their, their blitz schemes. So I think that it, I think that um, AJ kind of alluded to it. I think the Rams come out and they get this. Uh, 
I think what they'll have to do is frustrate Tom early um, and get and try to jump on him early, make him play from behind. You're gonna have to go for the go for the throat kind of early. Uh, the more you can get Tom and to hold the ball, the longer the better um, with that pass rush they have. So I think that that's gonna uh, like AJ said. I think I think he's right. Their offense is real designed for quick slants and quick passes. But I saw a lot of drop balls last week against Philly as well. Um, so you get him into third and 10, you know, second and 10, third and 10, kind of get him backed up, make him hold the ball longer as the game goes on, kind of deplete the running game, maybe take the, take the running game away from him early. I think that the make, make, make it, put it in Tom's hands. I know it sounds easy. That sounds, that doesn't sound like, you know, the greatest of all time doing it, but I think with this defense, they can step up and get it done. I like the way that, uh, the Rams offense is gelling with Odell. Um, Odell was all on, was, was on display last week. Uh, they look like the, the, uh, they tried to shut down Cooper cup. So he just threw to Odell and Odell was just running free. Um, so I think that that'll definitely happen as well. I think Tom's just going to run out of weapons and who to throw to. Um, I think, uh, Jalen Ramsey matches up well against Mike Evans. Jalen Ramsey's known for being physical, loves the physical type receivers, um, like Mike Evans. And I think they'll, I think he'll try to shut him down. And Eric, who's the linebacker's name you said is going to probably match up against Gronk. Oh, the safety, uh, Taylor Rapp. Oh, safety. Yeah, safety. So that'll be an interesting matchup as as well. Cause, you know, if Mike Evans is getting, uh, you know, uh, guarded by Jalen Ramsey, we'll see if he goes where he, if he goes to Gronk. But after that, you know, he's throwing to some, some, some rand for some for real randos. Um, so, uh, It'll just be interesting to see what we uh what happens and where we where where they go. But I've got the Rams. I got the Rams beating them. Rams are actually the dogs here at plus three. The money line's minus one thirty. Uh money line for the Bucks are minus one fifty and the over unders uh forty eight and a half. I could see it being high scoring. I'm, Let's see, I they're be in surprised. they're in Tampa and it's gonna be sixty four degrees. So I mean like both teams like, will probably be in their element there. Yeah, exactly. So I think that I could be, I could see a pretty high scoring as long as Matt Stafford stays away from throwing interceptions. That's going to be the key. Like AJ said, he's the Brett Favre of our generation. He likes to, <laughs> yeah. he likes to put that thing out there. So, but anyway, I've got the, I've got the Rams beating them. There you go. Sticking to your guns. Of course you got to. They, they chose two really good matchups for Sunday with the Bucks and the Rams. And then the second one here, uh, the Buffalo Bills hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe they're hosting. Uh, yeah, Buffalo Bills at Kansas City. Sorry, um, another great matchup with a perennial Pro Bowler or playoff contending team at this point in the Kansas City Chiefs, and of course the Buffalo Bills, who um, are just as good offensively. Um, Bills handling the Patriots, Chiefs handling the Ra- uh, the Steelers. Uh, this is one of those games for me that's honestly kind of a toss-up. I could see it going either way. Um, so because of that, I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to toss it over to you first, Lauren. Who you got? Oh, thanks, Eric. Uh, yeah, just uh, put the spotlight on me. No, that's cool. I wasn't making up my mind or anything. <laughs> uh, so the uh, odds experts in Vegas probably all agree with what Eric just said and what AJ is probably thinking is it's kind of a toss-up game. Um the Chiefs are only favored by minus two, uh, and they're at home. So, like, even usually the uh, gentleman's agreement is if you're at home, you get a minus three spread. So they're only getting two points. Uh, money line's minus 135 for them. Uh, over over under is 55. Uh, and the money line for the uh, Bills is plus 115. So I'll probably – man, I want to say the Bills come out and shock the world and beat this Kansas City team. But I think – I'm I'm for I'm gonna stick with old reliable and uh and and just and think Kansas City does it again and they just pull a pull a fast one on the on the Bills here. I don't really have a good reason other than to trust my gut and for some reason I'm thinking I don't know I just I think Patrick Patrick Mahomes comes out and they come out and they they 
they they beat they they beat Buffalo. I don't think it'll be. I think it'll be kind of a shootout, probably another high scoring game. Um, the looks like the 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 Bills have the better defense overall, but man, I think I think I think I think Patrick. I just don't. I don't know. I just uh, I, I, my my gut saying Kansas City, and I don't really have a good reason as to why. Maybe AJ, maybe you can explain 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 my reasoning and tell me why I'm wrong. Go ahead. Nope. Um, this game is an unstoppable force being an immovable object. Uh, it's going that sparks are going to fly. Uh, nuclear fusion will occur on the field. Uh, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes will, uh, will levitate. Uh, Josh Allen will somehow oh grow three stories tall uh, than he already is. Uh, it's going to be nuts. Uh, you're going to want to watch this game. Um, I'm going with the Bills. Uh, I will go with the Bills uh, because I think at the end of the game, the Bills pass rush will start getting to Patrick Mahomes and he'll throw up some crazy interception uh, and that'll be the end of it. That's my prediction for that game. Uh, I have no other reason than that's how I just feel it's going to go down. Um, (laughs) The Kansas City Chiefs defense has not been stellar uh, all season. They've definitely tightened things up in the last couple of weeks. Um, The offense used to be bad at the beginning of the season, but they've definitely figured some things out. So I really think you can see a shootout here. High shootout potential, um, and it could be really exciting with lots of touchdowns scored on both sides. So um, definitely want to tune into this one. I'm going with the Bills. Uh, that's what AJ's gut says. Uh, Eric, how how you feeling? <laughs> um, more or less about the same as where I was, but I will say, um, you AJ, you brought up a good point. This Kansas City's defense has been the liability of that team the whole season. Um, they tightened a little bit up in the last three games of the regular season. Um, and I think they showed some vulnerability against the Steelers. Not a whole lot, obviously, because they handled that game. But against an offense like the Bills, where you have a quarterback who can elevate the team around him and Josh Allen, um, you have Stephon Diggs, who is easily one of the best wide receivers in the league, um, and a stout defense that has, to, to, to a point, handled most teams that they've been expected to handle. Um, and, and these two teams have faced each other pretty consistently in the playoffs. It seems like um, McDermott is in his bag this season. Um, and I think I think Buffalo comes to Kansas City and, and stuns the Chiefs. And I think they finally get to the Super Bowl. It's It's been leading up to the point. They've, they've added all the pieces they could. I, and I think B- Buffalo finally gets a shot at, a, at another Super Bowl. Do they win the Super Bowl? Probably not because that city's cursed and they lost three years in a row. There. Um, I thought it was four. Yeah, it was four. Was it four? Yeah. Oh, Kelly. Brian I'm Kelly. I feel so bad for Kelly, man. That guy. Yeah, the, the, uh, the Redskins got one of them. That's yep. right. That's right. I I think I think um I think the Bills handle the Chiefs here. I think it's going to be a high high scoring affair, just because Mahomes is Mahomes and Josh Allen's going to take advantage of a porous Kansas City defense. Um, but it's going to be a great game, and we should all watch it. But um, I think can we that... talk? Can we like talk for a second about like what a freak Josh Allen is? Like, why is he so tall? First of all, second of all, why are you so big? Third of all, why are you so fast? What is what's happening here? You're not supposed to get all three of them joints at once. Like even Derrick Henry's like six one, right? He's not like six five. Come on, yeah, dog, that's not fair. Josh Allen is what happens when thirteen year old me is told that I can create myself as a quarterback. In <laughs> Just make yourself six five. 237 pounds running like a four five forty. I mean, this, exactly. this, this, this shit is like if, if Shaq was playing football. Like, <laughs> it's not fair. 
he could see like, over his linemen and then he could run past all the linebackers. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, come on, bro. Like, it's, and then you're like, can you imagine, imagine you're like a playmaker on defense, right? You're like a safety, right? You, you a good 210 pounds. You know, you, you, you you're not small. I mean, you're not right. six, five, but you're like six, one or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You go up. He's like, he starts to scramble. You, your eyes get big. You're like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna lay the boom. And then that motherfucker runs you over. <laughs> He's kind of like a little Cam Newton, right? He's kind of like a smaller Cam Newton by a couple pounds. Kind of, yeah. Oh, well, man. No. That's, what's that's, worse? That's cheat code, man. What's fair. worse is that, like, you're a defender and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to light this fool up. And then mm-hmm. right before you get to him, he's like, oh, Stefan Diggs is open. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you're like, bitch, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> Yeah, no, Josh Allen is absolutely that the he's he's so overlooked in a I feel like to a certain extent in a in a league where you have Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Like he takes a lot of the elements of those all those guys and makes it his own, just like Lamar's taken elements of all of them and made it his own. And and Patrick just kind of revolutionizing what we think is a traditional quarterback, but Man, I won't hold y'all when 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 Josh Allen had his rookie season. I was like, this guy's a bum. <laughs> and he then he came out. out. Man, sophomore year came out and lit it up. I was like, God dang it, we don't <laughs> fucked up. We don't fucked up now. <laughs> hey, yeah. that's gonna happen with you and Zach. Don't worry. Man, fingers crossed. He's single now in 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 New York, so you already know what that yeah, means. Yeah, about to be forty touchdowns, twenty five hundred yards. He'll be dating Pete Davidson in the week. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> oh man. Well, I think uh, I think with that, it's uh, it's a good point for a conclusion here at the Go Deep Podcast. Um, as always, we thank you guys, you folks at home listening to us giving us some of your time we appreciate it um if we could just ask the apple podcast listeners feel free to leave us a review um comment on it four stars five stars don't leave one stars if you're gonna leave one star just at me next time (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna leave one star fight me yep you guys see me out there in the streets (laughs) catch you catch you catch these hands that's right uh gentlemen any any parting shots before we head out of here nope no, uh, I got one. Drink lots of water because the more water you drink, the more time you'll be you'll be taking pisses and less time dealing with other people's drama. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as always, have a good night. Go deep. Go deep. <laughs>